Welcome back to Best Hour of Their Day. I'm super excited to present this interview with Eric Hinman. I've gotten to know Eric a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Awesome dude and super genuine and authentic, which we talk all about in today's episode. But before that, before I get to this interview, just want to remind you guys that it's not too late to sign up for Watt on the Waves 2. That's right. Watt on the Waves 2 is coming up in April. It's not too late. You can still book your room, book your travel, and it's going to be pretty epic. If you go back and listen to the episode that I recently did with Connor Murphy, who's spearheading this whole thing, you'll hear all about why you should go on it, all of the awesome athletes that are going to be on it, and most importantly, the awesome seminars that Fern and I are going to be a part of. That's right. Best hour of their day is going to have private seminars for those of you that sign up for Watt on the Waves 2 and use the code BESTHOUR. So head over there, head over to the website, use the code BESTHOUR at checkout, and you're going to get some private, exclusive moments with Fern and myself where we'll go over some coaching practices, we're going to do some coaches development, we're going to record some podcasts live on the boat, and so much more. Head over to Watt on the Waves buy your ticket, buy your friends a ticket, buy your mom a ticket, just get some tickets, get yourself to Miami. You're not going to want to miss out. Besides us, there's going to be Thunder Bro. There's going to be so many great, so many amazing seminars. I talk about it on the episode, but I got so much out of Hinshaw seminars. It was fun to coach with people like Patrick Vellner, Austin Maliolo, James Hobart, and so much more. So when you sign up, use the code BESTHOUR, and that's going to get you exclusive time with Fern and myself. Now I get it. Hanging with Fern and me, that might not be the best hour of your trip, but trust me, it's going to be a ton of fun. When you're not drunk, when you're not working out, you're going to want to be developing as a coach, and that's what we're going to be on there for. So use the code BESTHOUR. Get signed up right now. You won't regret it. We'll see you on the boat. All right, I'm sitting here with Eric Hinman. So not everyone may know you. You're kind of a, I mean, you're you're a web liberty, if you will, but you have to, is that a derogatory term? Not at all. All right. Maybe <laughs> Professional adventurer and, fit, and semi-pro fitnesser. <laughs> but I feel like that's such a small aspect of who you are. Mm -hmm. And just for the backstory, I told you this last time we met, my buddy Matt, owner of North Naples CrossFit, kept telling me to check this dude out. Check this dude out, listen to him on, he sent me all these podcasts you were on. And then when I moved out here, he said, hey, you remember that guy I told you about? He's out here, I reached out to you. And you know, I thought I might get a response. And Eric's like, yeah, that's me. So that's the kind of guy you are. Mm -hmm. You post about that a lot. Every day I have a meeting with someone new, mm -hmm. it's true. And mm -hmm. I think what's really cool about you is in this world of social media, there's a lot of fakeness. Mm -hmm. I get the impression, and the more I've gotten to know you, it's 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 real that that is who you are. Mm -hmm. So if you're not familiar with Eric, check him out. What is your Instagram handle? It's my name, Eric Hinman. So check him out, pause, go check him out, come back, listen, or do it while you're listening. But I wanna, I wanna talk to Eric about so many things. But first and foremost, let's be clear, you're a very fit individual. I love to work out. Yes, I've designed my days around my passions and 
Uh, health and wellness is one of them. And, you know, that goes beyond just working out. That's the recovery. That's eating healthy. Um, it's being active. It's moving. It's now doing yoga. So, you know, it's not just hitting hard CrossFit workouts that I know I often show on my Instagram story and people think I just smash myself, you know, all day, every day. But, you know, a lot of my day is also spent doing recovery things and slowing down. But And when I say fit, to the listeners they're going to think, you know, CrossFit games. So mm-hmm. let's let's quantify that. You've qualified for the second tier of competition, the top 200 in the Masters division. Correct. Mul- yep, the online qualifier. Multiple years? One year. One year, and that is in the 35, 35 to, to 39. Which goes without saying is the hardest division out there. I mean, you're basically competing with two years removed games athletes, the mm-hmm. Spielers and New New Costas, people that we've had on the podcast, you're up there with them. So you're fit. Let's talk, start here. You train almost every day, mm-hmm. and you've told me you follow pretty much CompTrain. Mm-hmm. What was your reasoning for following CompTrain? Um, I like the programming. I know a lot of high-level athletes are following that as well. Um, so I come from an Ironman background. I've completed five Ironmans, qualified for the World Championships in Kona twice. So I already have a tremendous aerobic engine, like, you know, almost too much for CrossFit, and it's affected my strength, and that's my weakness. So I really like following CompTrain just to build my strength and work on the Olympic lifts and work on the technique. And I love a lot of the warm-ups and openers that they have, um, just so you're activating all of the different muscle groups to be able to best perform those different Olympic lifts. Speaking of warm-ups, this year, 2020, you're doing 100 push-ups and 100 every air day. squats every single day. Every single day. So today, we're recording this on the 23rd. You've done it every day so far? I have. I haven't done it today yet, though, but I just put it in my calendar before coming here to make sure I do it. Either we can do it here if you want. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you'll hit it. But I'll do it tonight. Yeah. So... so where did that idea come from? One of my friends, Matt Bickle, who uh, also is in Denver, uh, in yeah. Denver, and uh, you know, very well known in the CrossFit community, and he mentioned it to me that that was something he was going to be doing, and I said, "Damn, I'm going to join you. That sounds amazing, and I want to broadcast this to my following and inspire people because there are two movements you can do anywhere, and so often people overcomplicate fitness, and it's like, no, you can do that in the airport, you can do that when you're traveling. It doesn't take that long. You can do it as a warm up, or you can, you know, do jump squats and and hand release push-ups and you know make it a little harder so there's a lot of variation to it it's something anyone can do when when you started was it pretty simple like i'm just going to go through my 100 air squats and 100 push-ups or did you split it up like how did you get started with it did you time anything to see how you did on january 1st compared to december 31st yeah i've mainly been using it as a warm-up so i'll typically do a set of 50 air squats and then 25 to 30 push-ups and then 50 air squats and then finish off the push-ups um, sometimes i'll do it as wall ball shots 50 wall balls and then the 30 push-ups and then 50 wall balls and finish up the push-ups and then if i want to make it harder i'm doing hand release push-ups or throwing in some uh, superman push-ups with it so I'd like to, I'm going to join it. I need to, I like that idea. I'm terrible at warm-ups Love it. myself. It's a great right? warm-up. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a full-body warm-up. And yeah. like you said, you can do it anywhere. I think, do you think by the end of the year, you'll be able to do 100 consecutive push-ups? Hmm, that's tough. So right now I can do about 60. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised if I, if I can, yeah. Push-ups notoriously stay challenging. Yeah, they do. They, they don't. You know, your, your, your snatch can go from 95 to 225, yeah. 
but your push-ups you still have 30. Yeah. So I think that'd be a great challenge, right? Yeah. And for those listening, that. if anyone listening could do 100 consecutive push-ups, let us know. Please. <laughs> so, so what's really inspiring about you, and I want to talk a little bit about your... You're from Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Go Orangemen, is that the deal? Go Orangemen, yeah. I used to have season tickets. I was a big Syracuse basketball fan. Was it like Carmelo Anthony? He's like yeah. the most famous, would you say? He is, yep. So he, and they won... The, the owner of the space I leased from my first gym, Albany CrossFit, mm-hmm. went to Syracuse, mm-hmm. huge fan, and I remember, I don't remember what year, but I remember him going to the Final Four, mm-hmm. the year, that was probably in the mid-2000s, maybe? Yeah, mid or early 2000s, yeah. Yeah, they won, and he had a Carmelo Anthony, I was like, you're an New adult, you have a Carmelo Anthony <laughs> poster on your wall. Yeah. So, you got involved in some businesses back in Syracuse mm-hmm. that were very successful, mm-hmm. and that ultimately is what allowed you to kind of create this life by design that you call it. Correct. Yeah. Started an insurance business right out of college that I still own. Um, And then I was involved in a software company building mobile apps for clients across the country from 2009 until 2014. And then since 2014, I've just been really um, picking passion projects, investing in people, investing in um, things that I wanted built in upstate New York and then investing in consumer brands. So we had John Berardi on recently, founder mm-hmm. of Precision Nutrition, and we were talking a lot about how you make your own schedule and how you, he, he made the analogy of it's like burners on a stove. Sometimes some are on high, mm-hmm. some are on simmer, and some are off. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you have complete control of your life now, meaning you don't have a ton of obligations. I mean, mm-hmm. you're here on time, meeting with me, mm-hmm. type of things. But how do you stop yourself from overcommitting, mm-hmm. and how do you decide which things you want to move forward with? Yeah, so I've learned the power of no over time. That's really the big answer, right? The power of no. it is. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, there's a couple different buckets for me. Um, I don't really say yes to anything anymore that is going to force me to be in an operational role because that's a time suck. You know, when you're managing people um, or customer service, that's another thing that's a time suck. So I typically say no if it's going to involve those things or if it's going to put me in a certain place at a certain time. Like I like having freedom and flexibility. Um, You know, I can commit to doing things, but I don't want to be committed to like a nine to five in an office. I just enjoy my ability to adventure so much now that, you know, if it's something like that, even if it's high paying, I'm going to say no to it because that's what makes me so much more happy and fulfilled than just making more money. As far as investments, I mean, it has to be something I'm super passionate about and it has to be a person I'm really passionate about. And oftentimes I like, like 10,000 is a company that I invested in early on. They're an apparel brand of New York City. Most comfortable shorts. Amazing. I've ever worn, by the way. So thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you, if you're looking for new shorts, 10,000. What what, is, what did they go by? Ten thousand brand. Ten thousand dot cc, I believe, 10, is the website. Ten thousand. I'm I'm telling you, they are very comfortable. Go get yourself a pair of those shorts. Yeah. The so, um fund. What was it? The inter fundamental. No. Yeah. Foundation. Foundation short. short with yeah, the, with I got the three quarter tights. Yeah. And I got the one with the liners. Love it. So they're super comfortable. But yeah. yeah, you invested in them. So that's an example of a company where you know I can I knew I could add a hell of a lot more value than just putting money in. Like I was passionate about the product, passionate about their vision, uh, passionate about the customer they were going after and the problem they were solving, and knew that I could help them build out an ambassador team and I could help them spread the word by wearing it every single day and and promoting it. So those. Are 
are the type of companies I like investing in where it really meshes with my lifestyle. And then, I mean, now as far as my day-to-day, if you want to call it a job, it's content creation. And I'm working with dozens of consumer brands that fit in with my lifestyle and creating content for them, promoting their products, and helping them build out their ambassador programs. So, I mean, it's essentially monetizing my day. So that's my other bucket that I would say yes to. Like, is it going to help me monetize my day and do things that I already enjoy doing? And am I going to feel like I'm adding value in doing that? So I really enjoy working with like funded startups where I feel like I'm moving the needle for them instead of, you know, I have done campaigns for larger companies. Like Chipotle. Like Chipotle. But uh, I really, really do enjoy like the smaller brands where I feel like I'm exposing my audience to this new amazing product or service and I'm moving the needle for the company. Like I'm really helping them grow instead of just being a billboard. And let me throw out there, go to Eric's Instagram, scroll down probably two weeks and look at his Chipotle posts. Like right around the time Tia and Frazier put boring posts out there, and no offense to those guys, but go watch Eric's and you'll see the difference in someone that is really focused on content creation versus mm-hmm. someone who's just happy to be sponsored by mm-hmm. a company. But let me, on that note, how challenging is it for you to remember, if you will, or think about what you're doing all the time and making sure you then post about it, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just my routine now. You know, it's kind of like waking up and, you know, drinking coffee. I don't think about it. Um, It's just part of my daily routine is creating content around my day. So that's why I have to be really careful about the companies I work with because I don't want it to feel like work. I don't want to have to plan, you know, this elaborate photo shoot for a company. Like, I want it to be the products and services that I'm using every single day. So I have them with me. I'm wearing them. And it's easy to create content around them. And, you know, it's been a couple years now that I've been posting Instagram stories and, you know, again, it's just part of my day. I'm I'm going through the day thinking about how can I make this interesting to my audience? How can I add value to my audience? And then how can I weave in the products and services that, you know, I have contracts with? Yeah. And honestly, you do it really well because I'll look at stuff and based on my curiosity and now knowing you, I'm like, if Eric's using it, I want to check it out. Like, so you, you do it in such a seamless way that it doesn't seem forced, which I think is super important in this day and age. Mm-hmm. So important. Yeah. Authenticity. That's what it comes down to, right? Authenticity. Tell, tell me a little bit about a perfect day for you. Like the people listening, some work nine to five, some own boxes, mm-hmm. but I want to hear if you've set yourself up for success at 34, or you retired at 34, how old are you now? 39. So you've been doing it for five years. Mm-hmm. What does a perfect day look like for you? And give us as much detail as possible, especially around things like a morning routine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, your environment is so important. And being here in Denver, that's my environment where I'm able to have my perfect days. I love it here because I have access to unlimited outdoor adventure. Um, I wake up in the morning around 7 o'clock, usually no alarm. and What time do you go to sleep? I go to sleep at about 11. So you get 38 hours of sleep. And you have a whoop. (laughs) 
I have to, to make sure you fully recover. Yep, yep. Uh, I make a double espresso in the morning. I just got this fancy espresso machine. What, what company? It's a it? Rocket Apartmento is the is the name of it. You grinding your own beans? I'm grinding my own beans. Yeah. And, and you it, mix it with water or just straight espresso? No, just straight espresso. All right. Yeah, and it's just a fun process in the morning. It's like my first win for the day of trying to make the perfect espresso. So I have that. My mornings start fairly slow. I'm just kind of planning my day, where I'm going to go on an adventure, who I'd like to create content for that day, you know, looking through my day to see who I have meetings with, um, and planning out my morning workout. Uh, my first workout is about 9 to 9.30 every morning. And but before you get there, yeah. you know, you get up at 7, you make your espresso. I'm sure mm -hmm. that doesn't take you, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Is there any anything you brushed over? Is there writing is there mm -hmm. you know yoga what goes on what else goes on in that small window of time mm -hmm. yoga's in the evening um it's generally planning my day it's figuring and but oftentimes posting on social media too is you know the i'm posting daily so i'll usually do my feed posts first thing in the morning uh, but most of it is just kind of planning the day what my workout is going to be um when someone like you that has such a big following mm -hmm. and puts out great content is it how thought out is that post? Is it let me just scroll through my pictures and type on Instagram? Or are you using an app and writing somewhere else and copying and pasting? Mm -hmm. No, it's what I'm thinking that day. And I try to make it Instagram. If it's in the morning, you know, it might be a picture that I had taken the previous day. But if it's later in the day, it's that day. It's what was happening that day and what was going through my mind and what value I wanted to add. Um, so no, uh, very, very rarely is it, is it something that's planned out unless, you know, it's a sponsored post from a company that I work with that I had to get pre-approval from and, you know, they had this post date, but you know, that's few and far between most of the companies they are giving me, uh, my own creativity to do what I would like with their products, services, and the message that I want to relate to people with it. And you either have really long arms mm -hmm. or you're putting your phone down somewhere and setting the timer. Yeah, uh, so I do schedule photo shoots now once a month. I, or you I have, have somebody video, that... Yeah, I have a video crew that'll follow me around for a day and shoot videos and photos. And that gives you a couple of days doing. worth or exactly. weeks worth of content. Yeah, and then other than that, though, yeah, I'm either with people that are able to use my camera and I know enough about photography to get a decent shot with someone who just has to basically hit the button. Right. <laughs> or sometimes I'll set it up on a, on a tripod. And then the story posts are always, yeah, just me with my 0.5 zoom on the iPhone and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> using that. And then the gym is super simple. I mean, I'm just setting my phone up next to... Uh, rack post right, putting, or, it on the uh, putting it next yeah. to a shoe I mean sometimes people are like do you want a uh, iPhone holder for that I'm like no nah, I've been doing this for a long time I'm just gonna keep doing it my yeah. way setting it up next to a shoe and you're great <laughs> at it so Thank you. you get to the gym yep now like you said you do your maybe wall balls for your squats yep. push-ups yep check out calm train yep how much of that is tweaked for your day um so I probably use 25 to 30% of comp train and then 70% is uh, things I want to work on, something I haven't done in a while, or, you know, I'm usually with other people. I'll see what other people have written out for workouts. That's the great thing about CrossFit is, you know, it's just a lot of variety. And, you know, as long as you're not like back squatting every single day and just hammering one body part, it's like there's a lot of different things you could do each day to improve in your fitness. So I'll kind of look through the different pieces that people have written out and kind of pick and choose. Um, and I do a lot of volume. I come from the Ironman background, so I like volume. How, how important was that? Back? And let's not downplay 
you know, the first time I met you, a lot of people have done Ironmans. It's mm -hmm. certainly a, an impressive feat, mm -hmm. but, you know, everyone's got a friend that's done an Ironman. There's a difference between doing an Ironman and being competitive mm -hmm. like you were. I mean, what was your best placing? Uh, seventh overall at the, Lake at, Placid. In, in Lake Placid. Yeah. And then you had to qualify for Hawaii. Kona, yeah. I was Good. top 200 overall at Kona. Yeah, I mean, and we've had Chris Hinshaw on who came in second, mm -hmm. you know, back in the 80s. But mm -hmm. I mean, and now that it's gotten easier. But, incredible athlete, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to be, so are you, to, to finish an Ironman period, but then also to be competitive. How important do you think that capacity you developed over those years is currently in your CrossFit ability? Uh, definitely important from the aerobic engine standpoint. I mean, you know, Murph for any of these longer workouts, I mean, I can, I can go 80% for days. So, you know, those are right in my wheelhouse. Um, honestly though, like Ironman does not help much with the short anaerobic workouts. Right. And so like what's your friend time, for example? Yeah. 235, 240, which... Well, it's good, but yeah. compared to, I mean, my Murph time, I can do that sub 30s. So, I mean, comparing it to some of those longer workouts, I'm way off on an anaerobic workout. What's your best mile? Jeez, uh, uh, in high school, it was like 450. Right now, I'd probably run uh, 530, I would guess. Very mm -hmm. impressive still. If you, if you had to pick your weakness in CrossFit, what is it? Heavy lifting. Uh, and like high volume barbell movements and, and let's be clear you you i think you told me your snatch is 215 215 that's still very strong and mm -hmm. you're not i mean what do you weigh 165 mm -hmm. so i mean you're still snatching 50 pounds over your body weight but understood mm -hmm. that's that's your weakness compared to other things yeah so when when you look at comp train are you kind of figuring it out mm -hmm. how often are you really attacking that weakness uh almost every day i'm Lift five days a week. I'm lifting heavy. Um, I'm doing, you know, barbell complexes. So, I mean, I'm attacking those weaknesses on a regular basis. Very rarely will I do like a Murph workout um, just because I already know that's in my wheelhouse. I can crush that. So pretty much every day is I'm doing that. And they've, they've become fun for me now. Like I enjoy the Olympic lifting. I enjoy the gymnastics. Um, you know, I've made those things that I once hated like passions and I just want to continue improving because ultimately like that's what is fulfilling for me is like improving in certain aspects. Well, and it's an interesting question. You I mean at 39 years old mm -hmm. and, and when we say life by design, you know, so many people think of that as like, well, you have millions in the bank and you can do whatever you want. And mm -hmm. certainly you've been financially successful, but it's more about being financially independent. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there becomes a point where it's like, what now? Mm -hmm. How how do you measure some of those things? How do you kind of brush aside the fact that you've been successful mm -hmm. and still challenge yourself and, and find the desire to be better? Mm -hmm. Where does that come from? Um, I mean, I think that was just something built into me at a young age, always being competitive with myself, more so than even being competitive against others. Like with Iron Man, it was cool to finish at the top of the pack, but it was more for me, and I, I enjoyed the training probably more than the racing where I would just see like my pace improving at the same heart rate and my Watts going up on the bike. And it's the same with CrossFit. Like for me, I get more fulfillment out of like 
lifting heavier weight each week than, you know, I do going to a competition and doing well in the competition. It's like you have to love the process. It's not, you know, the result. It's like enjoying the process, embracing the process, and the results are, are going to come if you really enjoy the process behind it. Do you have any desire to make it to Madison? Meaning to qualify for the CrossFit Games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would lie if I said that that wouldn't be cool. It'd be cool. But that's not something I ever think about. No. Um, actually, just had a call with Spartan Race today, and I'm going to sign up for some Spartan Races. Joe DeSena? Uh, I, it wasn't Joe, but uh, some people that work for Joe. There's a funny story. Years ago, Joe had me and a handful of other affiliate owners, because he's from Vermont, Yeah. to his like, mansion yeah. in Vermont. And back then, he was like, Hopefully, you know, we can get involved in the CrossFit space, you know, 10 years later, yeah. they're the biggest thing in, you know, in, the, in yeah. the CrossFit space. So it's really cool to see companies grow like that. Yeah. So you're going to do some Spartan races? So I'm going to do some Spartan races, which I'm excited about, but I'm more excited just for like purposeful training. That's what I like. You know, now I, I have something that I'm committed to and I want to work towards it. Um, I also just got accepted into the Leadville 100 mountain bike race, which I did this past year. I didn't train specifically for it, and it was just a mental suffer fest. Did so you finish it? I did finish it, yeah, right around 10 that, hours. That's challenging in and of itself, Oh, correct? God, yeah, it is. That's a tough, tough race. That's tough the course. one match-handed. Correct, yes. So what, what's the rules for that? I forget. Uh, sub 12 to get the belt buckle. Um, you got the belt buckle. I got, Are you uh, wearing it? 10 hours. I'm not wearing it, no. <laughs> My time was around 10 hours. I'd like to do it this year, sub 9 hours. That's that's the goal, and I'm going to train specifically for it this year, meaning I'm going to ramp up my bike volume. Last year, I biked maybe a max of 85 minutes, or no, uh, 100 minutes in any one session. Uh, so an hour and 40 minutes. And you had to basically... Six times that. Yeah, exactly. So I was not, I was fit going into the race, but I was not bike fit. So this year I'm going to ramp up my bike volume to a five or six hour ride and really like, you know, build that endurance, which is key for it. Um, and that's, you know, something, uh, a lesson a lot of CrossFit athletes learn the hard way is like CrossFit is an incredible lifestyle. Um, you get very fit and you look very fit by doing it. But if you want to be aerobically fit and you want to do a marathon, if you want to do endurance races, that requires like just time at an aerobic heart rate and you have to build an aerobic engine. Um, so I learned that the hard way initially with triathlon. Like I showed up to these races and I looked like I was the fittest person there because I was ripped from CrossFit, but all these people were beating me. And I realized that like I had to slow down to speed up with endurance racing. So it was doing longer sessions at that 130 to 140 heart rate, building the aerobic engine, building the durability. So, um, you know, that's something I'll do leading up to Leadville this year. And if I do any long Spartan races, that's something I'll do as well. Along with that, obviously, you have to be somewhat dialed in with your nutrition. Yes. What goes on in your world for that? Yeah, so I eat pretty much the same things at the same times every day. And that, that's the biggest key that, you know, there's all these diets, paleo, keto, vegan, vegetarian. And, you know, honestly, I think all of them can work, but you have to build it into your routine and put eating on autopilot. And that's what I've done. So in the morning, I'm generally making a smoothie bowl or I have prepared, prepared meals from a service in Denver, which is usually a couple eggs, a sweet potato, um, and a couple strips of Canadian bacon. 
Um, lunch, I go to the same restaurant almost every single day to get a big salad. It's called Green Seed at Denver Central Market. And again, like I'm not thinking about it. It's just like I know I'm going to go there at 11.30. I'm going to meet someone there, combine it with a meeting, and I'm going to get my salad there. Um, and that's lots of veggies, kale, Brussels sprouts, tomatoes, um, a half a cup of rice, two scrambled eggs. Um, and then dinner generally is out as well, but I'm going to a healthy restaurant and usually getting the exact same thing that I ordered the night before at the, at the restaurant. And again, like lots of veggies, lean protein, chicken, salmon, and then some kind of complex carb. Um, and Typical then, CrossFit prescription for nutrition. Yeah, exactly. But again, it's not like... I don't eat paleo. I don't eat a certain way. I'll just like, it's on autopilot. So very rarely, unless I'm traveling, do I really have to think about, okay, I'm going to get this on the menu. I'm going to go to this restaurant. So if you were to have a cheat meal, Mm -hmm. what would that include for you? Uh, I love granola. I love nut butters. Uh, <laughs> I always laugh when someone kind of throws out something healthy for a cheat yeah, meal. Yeah, <laughs> but but I indulge in those things when I when I have them. So I agree, it's not the most unhealthy option. Like I I very rarely crave a pizza anymore. I'll have that maybe post like long endurance race. I'll crave it if I'm traveling and there's a you know an amazing ice cream spot like Salt and Straw in L.A. I'll stop in and I'll get ice cream. So I don't beat myself up when I do that stuff. But I also never really crave it just because eating is just so routine for me it's not something that I really have to think about anymore and when you when you say you would indulge in something like a full jar yeah um, oh yeah when I was competing in Ironman literally every single night I would have almost a full jar I mean I was burning five to six thousand calories a day then so I needed to get my calories back in it probably wasn't the wisest decision to eat them as a jar of almond butter but yeah, sometimes I'd have a jar of almond butter at night. <laughs> well, I had, I had the chans on, and we were talking about when he was training for Leadville, he really tried to get fat adapted. And that's what I was doing with Iron Man. Yeah, training your body to burn fat for fuel instead of carbs. So um, I was eating a very high-fat diet back then. My, it, my diet's very different now with all the heavy lifting and the CrossFit. But back then, uh, bulletproof coffee in the morning. You know, I'd have avocado, veggies, some kind of lean protein for lunch. Um, dinner again would be like avocado, veggies, some kind of lean protein, and then, you know, lots of healthy nuts and seeds. So almond butter was my go-to cashew butter and, uh, it worked. I mean, my body, I could go on a four to five hour bike ride with just water and peg my heart rate at 130 and not like crave food. What, what's your go-to? Who's your go-to brand of, of nut butter? Um, I love Justin's. I know they're right here in Boulder. Justin's so great, right? But one of my favorites that most people would not know about is Big Spoon Roasters out of North Carolina. And they have this ginger almond butter. It has crystallized ginger in it. It's amazing. But I uh, I don't order it that often anymore because it's you I eat the entire bit. jar. <laughs> so let, check them out. But let's get back to your day. You mm-hmm. you finish your workout. Yep, you get the workout in. That's, that's like... I build my day around wins, and I know what my wins are. I know those things that bring me positive energy. Espresso and and working out. Espresso and working out, right? What else is there in life? Um, No, but like people, like this conversation. We're in a flow state right now. I build my day around like things that I know are going to put me in that flow state where I'm in the present moment, just like enjoying time at a standstill. So, I mean, CrossFit does that for me in the morning when I'm focused on the Olympic lifting. I'm around people that I want to be around. I love the music that's happening. 
Um, and then after that, I almost always have a lunch meeting. And that's either with a new person that reached out on social media, someone that connected, uh, that was uh, introduced to me as someone that I should meet where, you know, we can add value in each other's life. Uh, or a like-minded person, um, you know, a creative, an entrepreneur, someone else into fitness or outdoor adventure. So um, I'm somewhat selective with who that person is, and I make sure that, you know, we're going to be able to, to really add value and have a great conversation. Um, after that, I go on some kind of outdoor adventure pretty much every single day. So I'm in Boulder fairly often, Golden fairly often, if I'm doing something in the front range. Uh, this time of year, I'm... Uh, hiking, trail running, uh, pavement running. And I kind of break it up just on how my body's feeling. Like if I do too many days in a row of pavement running coupled with the CrossFit, I'll start to feel banged up. So I'll just go for a hike where it's a lot less impact. Um, and then in the spring, summer and fall, I'm road biking and mountain biking a lot. Um, so it seems like there's a lot of time interacting with people, but there's also a lot of time alone. Yeah. Alone. Yeah, I do need you, both. You yeah, need that. Need both. Yeah. Would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? More of an extrovert, but I do need my alone time just because that's where I get like creative thought and mental clarity. Um, I, I tell people this all the time. They think I'm crazy. A lot of times I just put one song on repeat when I'm doing my outdoor adventure. I'll, for two and a half hours on a bike ride, I'll have one song on repeat. What are like the top three uh, Eric been, songs? Yeah, I've been listening to Odessa a lot lately uh, just because, you know, it's kind of a trance and you're just like, you know, it's the same beat going on and on. I like hip hop. Um you know, Drake songs, Kanye songs, Jay-Z songs. So I'll oftentimes put that on repeat. The 90s hip-hop station 90s on hip -hop Pandora or Spotify yeah. is the way to go. Yeah. You hear a lot of people talk about that, be it classical music for studying or just mm -hmm. some sort of, I do the same thing, I'll put on a song that I know inside and out on repeat. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of shuts off a part of your brain that allows another part to open. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it forces your mind not to wander and it just forces you to be in the present moment. And with a lot of the stuff I'm doing, that's also forcing me to be in the present moment, like downhill mountain biking and trail running as opposed to pavement running, where like you have to be very focused on every single step you're taking. Yeah, right. One false step or one moment where you're thinking about mm -hmm. what you're going to have for dinner mm -hmm. can be the end of your mountain biking mm -hmm. career. So w when you talk about that flow and that trans, one thing you're really into these days is yoga. Mm -hmm. How did that come about? How did someone who's so active mm -hmm. not have a yoga practice? Mm -hmm until 2020. Yeah, so I have a recovery routine. I don't foam roll, um, not that I'm against it, but <clears throat> for the last several years, I've been doing heat and ice every single night. I have an infrared sauna at home. I have an ice barrel, which is like this big wine barrel that I keep filled with cold water. I have a number of friends that have saunas. And that's not and that hard to do in Denver. No, Especially this time of yeah, year, right? Yeah, just go sit in a cold stream like we talked about. I might go do that after this. And, and people think that getting a sauna at home is impossible. I mean, no. what's the company that you've got? Sun, Sunlighten. Yeah, and I have a one-person sauna, and yeah, it sits in my in a storage room. It's probably, you know, a little smaller than the room yeah. we're sitting in now. Yeah, so And it heats up quick. Yep. So, you, and you can check those out online, but what's your 
Let, before we talk about yoga, mm-hmm. what does that routine look like? You'd say like an hour to an hour and a half every day. Yeah, about an hour and a half. I'll sit in an infrared sauna for 50 minutes, and then I'll do contrasting baths, five minutes in the cold and five minutes, five to ten minutes in the heat, depending on how cold I got in the ice. I mean, the key is to make sure that you warm up enough to be able to get back into the ice and get the benefit from it. So, Which of the two do you think is more important in recovery, the heat or the ice? Uh, the ice for me is definitely more important. I mean, it just really upregulates your circulation. How hard was that for you to develop the ability to spend five minutes in Boulder Creek? Was it like day one? I was telling you earlier, I'm following the Wim Hof program where we had five seconds a day. Mm -hmm. Did you just dive into it? You seem like someone who just was like, let me sit in this thing for five minutes no matter what happens. Yeah, I pretty much did just dive into it. But I equate it to a CrossFit workout where it's mind over matter. Like, you know, in Fran, like the suck comes immediately and it's just kind of holding on to the suck, you know, embracing it. And the cold is the same. You know, I don't have any genetic gift to sit in cold water. You would it's not, just you're like, not related to Wim Hof. Yeah, right? not. <laughs> I think he does have a genetic gift. But um, yeah, no, it's just like the first, well, committing is the hardest part, A, you know, because there's anxiety around the discomfort that you're going to face. So that's the first key is like committing to Fran, commit to the cold. And then it's the first 30 seconds where you really make or break. It doesn't get any worse. So just like Fran, it really doesn't get that much worse. Right, it actually it's gets just, easier. It does, yeah. Right. It's just committing to it after you've reached that shitty feeling. So so, so what are some things you might say? To you, mm-hmm. like, you get in cold water, you get into Fran, right? Mm-hmm. I like that analogy. They're the same. What are some things that Eric says in his mind that other people might not say and quit? Yeah, well, so A, it's easier to do with other people. Just like, you know, it kind of sucks to go into an empty CrossFit gym and do Fran. You're probably going to, you know, not go as hard as you would if there's other people around. So um, I would first encourage you, like XPT is an incredible service that, you know, has these seminars that you can go to and you can learn the breathing behind it and everything or Wim Hof um, or, you know, just finding people that are doing this and going and doing it with other people. That makes it a hell of a lot easier than just, you know, going and sitting in Boulder Creek by yourself or even taking a cold shower or putting cold water in your bathtub. Like, you know, those are a lot more difficult when you're doing it alone. So that's the first thing I'd recommend. And then, I mean, as far as my mindset, I just know how good I'm going to feel afterwards. I mean, I, I kind of enjoy it now, like in the moment, but I really enjoy it after. Like, I just know that like my mind is going to be, you know, on afterwards. My body is going to be limber. I'm going to feel great the next day. So, I mean, that's more of why I do it. Just like eating healthy, you know, maybe in the moment it doesn't feel as good, but afterwards, you know how much energy you're going to have. Yeah, I think for me, going through the cold showers now, you're right. During that 30 second of ice cold raining down on you, doesn't feel great. Mm-hmm. But there's a certain win after, like I did it. And then also, you're right, that feeling of just exuberation, if you will. Just Not only are you successful, but your body feels better. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you're seven days a week, you're doing something aerobically. Mm-hmm. And then five days a week, you're training. Mm-hmm. You, you finish your outdoor activity. So maybe it's, you know, 3.30, 5 o'clock, depending on the day. Mm-hmm. How do you begin your wind down process? Mm-hmm. So now it's usually yoga first. I'm going to a hot yoga class. How and, often are you doing that? Uh, I'm on 15 days in a row right now. So you have <laughs> I'm an all-in person. Yeah, I was going to say, not an addictive personality, but an yeah. all-in all personality. All-in personality, yes. 
so right now I'm doing that before my recovery routine. And some nights now I'm, I'm just doing the hot yoga. And if I feel really good after that, you know, maybe still I'll do something cold. But, you know, I feel like I already got my detox, my heat exposure. I feel really limber doing the, you know, static holds and stretching. Um, and honestly, what got me into it was more like the benefits I'm getting for it were different than the intention that I set going into it. So but like, what, why'd you start? Yeah. So my big intention for 2020 was to practice more stillness and being present on other people's time. So, um, you know, I've always been, I, I've trained my entire life to be on all the time. And that's obviously very important for athletic achievements, for entrepreneurship, has been public speaking, whatever is being on, but I've never really trained to be okay being off and like just finding fulfillment in like checking out and not doing anything. So that's why I've picked up meditation and that's why I've picked up yoga was for those reasons. And, you know, relationships is where that's really important is being present in other people's time and, you know, just being okay with like not having life go your way. So that was my intention behind it, but uh, it's helping with that a hundred percent. Just I, I want to throw out there for someone yeah. who's, heavily involved in social media like you are, mm -hmm. the two times we've been face-to-face, -face, I don't think I've seen you on your phone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a mistake so many people are making these mm -hmm. days. So true. You're super present. Mm -hmm. It's a, you know, and the, the person you're sitting with feels it. Mm -hmm. Like, you're important for me for this 30 minutes or for this hour. Mm -hmm. How hard is it for you to be still outside of that? Uh, hard and that's why I'm practicing this and I'm getting better at it now um, So yoga is helping with that But I mean the other benefits I'm seeing for it are my lifts are going up which my lifts have not really gone up that much in several years uh, And you know, it's the static holds and then just activating muscles that hadn't been activated before um, And the meditation has been great as well I'm not I haven't been as consistent with that as I have been with the yoga But you know, I'm trying just to turn off for five or ten minutes every single day and you know I always argued in the past that like my mountain biking my trail running that that was meditation, meditation. Right. And, and in a way it is like that that has helped me be very present but again it's being present on my own timeline instead of someone else's so that's what I feel like these things are helping me with and I, and I think the, the you know quote-unquote gurus of meditation will tell you you need to be sitting still and mm -hmm. facing north or whatever you know but that is meditation. Mm -hmm. For me, I want to hear what your meditation practice looks like. But for me, mm -hmm. some nights it's playing a song that I love and mm -hmm. just sitting there, eyes closed. And mm -hmm. because that's what allows me to dive off into that, you know, different space in my head mm -hmm. versus quiet or versus listening to a guided meditation. Mm -hmm. What is your Mm -hmm. so ideal I'm new, practice. I'm like. new to it. So I haven't figured out my ideal practice yet. Um, you know, a lot of people recommended Headspace. I have had other people recommend the Inside Timer, which I'll download after this. Um, so right now I'm doing Headspace just to get a feel for it. And, and I like that guy's voice. The Australian guy. Yeah, 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 it's very calming. And yeah. I like some of the, the advice that he's giving in it. So that's what I'm doing right now. Um, doing it and trying to do three to five minutes in the morning and then three to five minutes in the evening before going to bed. So going to bed mm -hmm. what goes on you get you finish yoga yeah finish yoga do my recovery routine i usually have a dinner out um and that again is similar to lunch where it's with you know someone that reached out someone i want to meet with a like-minded person 
Um, and then after dinner, that's when I'm answering messages typically. So messages that came in throughout the day, emails that came in throughout the day, uh, answering those. And then I'm trying to be better about like getting off of my phone, like right before bed. I'm not great at that right now. Cause you know, that is, that's like my downtime when I'm actually sitting still and I'm at a computer for a little while to answer those messages. Is there any Netflix going on? No Netflix. No, I don't watch TV. No TV. No, I don't have a TV. I have a projector, but, uh, I mean, very rarely do I ever pull it down to, to watch it, but I haven't had a TV in years. So I like to find out people's kind of mm -hmm. rules that they set for themselves. And mm -hmm. I got this from Seth Godin, mm -hmm. an author. He has a, four rules that he lives by, like no social media, no TV. Mm -hmm. He doesn't do meetings, etc. What rules purposely or accidentally do you set that allows you to be successful? Um, well, as far as the evening routine, so I know that my sleep is tremendously affected by being on too late at night, meaning like if I, if I'm entertaining, if I have a dinner party that goes late, if I'm out at, you know, a, a bar or something like that, like highly engaged, that really affects my sleep. So for the most part, I try to avoid that. I mean, if it's a friend's event, if it's something I think I'm going to have a really good time at, I will... I'll compromise my sleep and compromise my next day, but in my head, it has to be like oh my worth, it. worth it exactly because I know it's going to affect my sleep, and I know that by affecting my sleep, it's going to affect my next day. I very rarely drink. I mean, I maybe have a glass of wine every two or three months, and again, I used to drink, but um, again, that, that like affects my sleep, and it's like, going to affect my next day, and I know what what I can do each day to have a, an incredible day. And knowing you hang out with Bickle. Is yeah. there other is there other stuff that's going on? No, no, no. I mean, yeah. just for the record, Bickle's one of the biggest names in yeah. the cannabis industry. And some other stuff. Um, whenever he's inviting me and Dave for Thunderbro, over, I'm worried <laughs> yeah. about what's going to happen at the house. But um, <laughs> so that you really take sleep as a priority for you, definitely. As it, you know, I've gotten into fights with people about sleep, like mm -hmm. whether it's on vacation or mm -hmm. you know, like you've said, cutting off your night early. Because I'm like, no. These eight hours are very important. Super. I wear a sleep mask, earplugs. I set my temperature at 63 degrees. Um, 63 degrees. You're not married. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> and this, this has caused problems in relationships where, yeah, girlfriends are like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, you burn more body fat when yeah. you sleep when the, when the temperature's cold. Just trust me. <laughs> yeah. We'll snuggle during the night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what, what are some other things that you have on the horizon? You've got so many great partnerships out there mm -hmm. what are some cool things that are coming in your future yeah so the big thing this year is i want to start building out some of my own programs and the first is going to be a seven-day challenge and there's going to be different components to it i'm working with a marketing firm right now in denver building this out and i want to have challenges in you know fitness i already do that often with my workouts um, diet recovery kindness uh, life by design self-development and mindfulness and how do then, you quantify kindness uh so like send a thanks for being awesome card to someone today so i'm gonna have like little challenges or like oftentimes when i run i'll start with my shirt on and i'll give my shirt to um someone in need when i'm out running so just like random acts of of kindness that you know that is going to make someone else's day you know you bring something up i'm 41 you're 39 mm -hmm. so we're like the same but I feel like you're significantly more fashionable mm -hmm. than I. <laughs> I like how you. I like how you appreciate. You're <laughs> like, yep, I am. <laughs> what are what are your what are some tips and tricks you would give to me, as you know, someone your age? So you don't mm -hmm. want to look like 
you don't look like you're trying to be a teenager. Mm-hmm. You look like you're a hip 41-year-old. Mm-hmm. What are some things where I can do to impress my wife mm-hmm. so she wants to sleep with me? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think the, the important thing is like being you and being super comfortable with whatever you're wearing. And my fashion represents that. I mean, the, the jewelry that I'm wearing, actually, this is something that I just designed with a, my friend, Mike Adela. Uh, you, we're going to so be selling these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he has a friend who's a jewelry designer, and she uh, she designed this hawk and feather piece. So we just started a new company together, and we're going to be selling well, these. I'll so. be your first customer. I'm going to get a little more fashionable. I mean, yeah, yeah you're like oh, you mentioned, things on your wrist. Yeah, a lot of my stuff is tied to memories. Um, you know, these were from a jewelry designer in L.A., Buck Palmer. Um, I admire his work and I admire his lifestyle and a lot of my clothes are just from travels. So, you know, they're, they're tied to memories. I think that's a lot of what fashion has become for me as opposed to just going out and buying, you know, an Armani suit. It's like, I want to have a memory tied to it of like this shirt is a friend's store in Denver, foreign form. Um, so, you know, most of the, most of the things that I wear, it's tied to something. It's a friend that owns the company. It's, um, yeah. And then, I mean, social media, you can find inspiration for a lot of this stuff, too. Yeah. I mean, and it's cool. That seems like, you know, when you throw something on, then mm-hmm. it immediately brings this feeling of joy and happiness. Exactly. So what are some other last minute tips, tricks that you might give to the listeners out there? It's inspirational. And a lot of them might think this is great. Mm-hmm. But I have to work a nine to five or I'm married or I'm busy. Mm-hmm. What are some things they can do to implement today mm-hmm. knowing they, they still have to go to that job for eight hours? Yeah. Well, I mean, life's short. So make sure that you're being mindful of like how you're spending your time. And if you hate your job, then start figuring out a way to like side hustle and do something that you're really passionate about. Um, I think that's the biggest key is mindful. Like don't just go through the motions um, like make sure that you're understanding what things are bringing you positive energy and what things are bringing you negative energy each day. And then I tell this to people often is like, sometimes we look too far into the future instead of just looking at the next day. And like I've alluded to a number of times, I like to build my day around tiny wins. I know what my tiny wins are. And you know, like yoga, that's a new tiny win for me that I've implemented. But um, my days are built around those tiny wins. And then at the end of the day, it's it's equated to a perfect day. And I look forward to my next day doing those same things. So, you know, it's figuring out what are those tiny wins for you each day instead of saying, you know, I want the house and the cars and all of this stuff 10 years from now and the big business. It's like, what are my tiny wins tomorrow that I can start doing to eventually build my perfect day and I'm in an environment where I want to be around people that I want to be doing things that bring me, you know, joy, fulfillment, happiness, and not just like an instant dopamine hit. And I really like that because those tiny wins, like you're suggesting, add up to the big wins down the road and people Mm -hmm. might check out your Instagram and be like, well, that's great, but I'm not there. Well, neither was Eric. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I wasn't. And it took years and years to get there and all these little wins and I, I love it. A, a simple thing like a shot of espresso mm-hmm. could be your win for the day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's really it. If, if people want to check you out, mm-hmm. outside of Eric Hinman on Instagram, mm-hmm. where are some other places they can find you? And yeah, some other website. I have everything there on my website. I have my, a lot of people ask, you know, what's your diet? I have my diet and daily routine on my website, erichinman.com. So you can go there. Yeah, and, and I read through your diet. 
you know, there's lots of links to some great sponsors mm -hmm. on there. And, and what's cool about Eric is if you're seeing it on his site, he's doing it himself. Mm -hmm. So it's not one of those per people that are just grabbing sponsors and throwing it out there, but you're actually using them so they're products you stand behind. Yep. And my favorite one is Chipotle. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> is, do, do you find yourself eating more Chipotle now? I haven't been eating more, but I do like Chipotle, yeah. So They've made it super convenient to get those bowls, though. Yeah, I mean, it's really great to go in there and see, like, they have the keto one, the athlete one. Yeah. So it's really cool. And like I said, you had, in my opinion, the best social media post about Chipotle. Thank go you. check it out. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it was highly entertaining and I won't keep you any longer. I know you got to go sit in Boulder Creek, hit some yoga, oh, yeah. finish up your air squats and get to bed. <laughs> so thank you so much for thank taking you, the time. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. Just a reminder, Fern and I have an amazing new show called dropping in premiering on our YouTube channel in early 2020. Be sure to head over to the best hour of their day YouTube channel now subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes. You've probably heard us talking about it, summarizing some of our trip. You can see some highlights up on our Instagram as well at best hour of their day, but I promise you, you're not going to want to miss out. So subscribe now. Thanks for everything you do. Thanks for letting us be a part of your lives. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of best hour of their day.